When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to the MLB Early Bird Podcast right here at AwesomeMode.com. I am Jason Floyd. As always, well, usually here on the Thursday edition, Adam's with me, but uh, Adam couldn't be here tonight. So uh, Terry McBride, you got the... Got the call from the bullpen to step in here today. Terry, man, uh, how you doing here this Thursday evening, man? Doing good, doing good. I just rode in uh, out of the, uh, jumped out of the little helmet-shaped car, and uh, I'm here, I'm ready to rock. So, uh, yeah, ready to talk about uh, one of our last slates of baseball for the season. Sad. Went too quick. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I remember it was like two weeks ago as I was kind of mapping out my schedule, and then, uh, you know, we were talking you know, certain dates, and I'm like, Hey, baseball already sees me over by that day. I was like, "Wow, it's already it's already been uh, sixty games. It's it's kind of crazy." Of course, we're we're seeing you know all these teams you know lining up for their playoff positions. Um, I, I know that you know uh, me and Adam talked about it yesterday on the strategy show of you know you're starting to kind of get to that point of, of these teams that are playoff teams. You got to kind of watch the pitching aspect of this of. You know, especially if it's a you know you know a number one or number two start in that rotation, you know how many innings could they potentially are they going to try to save them for next week? Those are all things, even from a DFS perspective, that we have to be looking at. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Especially these last few days, you know, you might see a couple uh, big time starters pop up just to get a couple innings. You know, instead of throwing on the side, give them a couple innings of game work. Guys who have a scheduled start might not f- see a full, uh, you know, full outing. Just come out after an inning or two, just get a little bit of work in. So it's going to be interesting. Yesterday it came up on uh, live before lock, and we had a few games where all the teams playing were still competing. All the high end pitchers were on teams that uh, you know the Indians and the White Sox were playing one another, separated by only three games. Well, that game really mattered. So we knew Giolito and Bieber were going to stay in for most of that game. I think they put up 21 combined strikeouts. Just an awesome game to watch. Uh, so that was really good. But, yeah, in some of these games where teams are locked or it's not a competitive situation, we might have to you know, be very wary of that. So that's a great point. Yeah, I tell you, I remember because I, uh, I was playing a, a three-max uh, tourney, and Lucas was only like 5% owned. You know, because I, I pretty much I narrowed who I wanted pitching wise. I was like, I got to give me a little Lucas here. And then when I when it started, I saw his ownership. I was like, hell yeah. You know, I, I was yeah. thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I really like the spot for him. You know, I, I mentioned it on the, the show yesterday and I just going up against the Indians roster. I felt like it was a you know a little bit better of a spot uh, for him than it was for Bieber on the other side. But they were both just awesome. Just dominant. That was just a great game. I love pitching duels. <laughs> it's always good to sit there and watch two guys go at it. Of course, uh, be sure to give us a thumbs up right here on YouTube. If you happen to be listening to us on YouTube, of course, hit that subscribe button, notification bell, so you can get all the awesome content that we have here, have multiple shows every day, of course. And if you're listening to us on the Also Podcast Network, be sure to give us a five-star review. That does help us out a lot, of course. Today's podcast is sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, the most trusted name in fantasy sports, Yahoo DFS, now includes CSV Upload and CSV Edit features for those looking to play multiple lineups, make better choices, choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. We got a uh, essentially a nine-game main slate. However, 
on DraftKings, it's actually a 10-game main slate because I was even surprised when I saw this and maybe people with their are playing on DraftKings are going to see this and go, oh, we got a doubleheader game? Yeah, game one of Padres Giants is actually in the DK main slate. I was a little surprised to see that, so we'll talk about that. Of course, that's a game that you don't have to worry about if you're playing on the main slates on Yahoo or on FanDuel, but uh, let's get kicked off by talking about uh, your boys, the Yankees, going to be at home taking on the Marlins. Uh, Hap on the hill for the Yankees and Alcantara on the hill for the Marlins. Break this one down for us. Yeah, I like the spot for the Yanks. You know, I sound like a homer every time I say that, but it is good. And, uh, they do have just a ton of pop in that lineup. So uh, taking on Alcantara, it's 34 and two-thirds innings this year. He's only given up four home runs. It's not bad. 4-4-5, uh, XFIP to a three one two ERA, generating 10.8% swinging strikes. That's right around where he's been over the last three years. 49% ground balls, uh, only allowing 28.7% hard contact, generating 22. Sorry, 28.7% hard contact, 22.8% soft contact being induced, which are both good numbers. Uh, he throws a turbo sinker, sets up a fastball and a slider that he gets decent whiff on, limited amount of changeups that he reserves mostly for left-handed hitters. But the story is really all about this Yankees offense. They're healthy. They're driving the ball. Fifth in baseball overall against righties with a 217 ISO, a 126 WRC+. Their strikeouts are you know, relatively limited, 21.1% strikeout rate, 11.5% walk rate. They show patience in the split. Uh, I think we can definitely get to some Yankee stacks here. They're expensive on DK, a little expensive on FanDuel too. They're doing better with the pricing over there, but uh, I think we built some Yankee stacks, throw them at Alcantara here. Uh, don't really want too much of the pitcher. Yeah, you look at uh, Hap here, eighty six hundred on DK, seventy seven hundred on FanDuel, thirty eight dollars on Yahoo on the other side. Alcantara, sixty eight hundred on DK, eighty one on FanDuel, and thirty five dollars on Yahoo. I guess you know the question with uh, you know these Yankees bats that you kind of allude to there is ultimately is the roster construction. You know, is how do you how do you squeeze those high end bats into a, into a lineup? Right, and, and the Yanks are a little tricky that way. You've only really got DJ LeMahieu that gives you the position flex on uh, on DraftKings. Um, on FanDuel, you can do interesting things uh, with you know going back and forth between Luke Voigt and Gary Sanchez, putting them both in the lineup with the flex spot. Uh, but on DK, yeah, you're really limited. A lot of the other high end teams have a few more guys that can flex some positions, and they have a few more guys that are you know maybe cheaper toward the back end of the lineup. The Yanks are just loaded you know from one through nine, so these guys are definitely expensive. So we got to find some creative pitching spots on the slate, find some other cheap bats to go with them. Uh, you know, one way to approach this one could even be just looking at the other side of this. Maybe it's a game stack with some very very cheap Marlins bats. You grab three mm-hmm. cheap Marlins bats, or maybe you grab five cheap Marlins bats. Happ has been pitching well for the Yanks the last uh, few starts out, but ultimately he's a vulnerable pitcher. We've seen him. He's a roller coaster of a guy. So this year we're getting the good Jay Happ. Uh, 44 and a third innings. He's got a 418 XFIP to a 325 ERA, 22.5, 22.4% strikeouts, which is up from his career 209 uh, 7.5% walks, which is down from his 8.4. So he's pitching really well, getting a few more ground balls than he had been. Marlins, though. They're up to 7th uh, in baseball with a 196 ISO, a 121 WRC plus against lefties, 22.2% strikeout rate, and just a 7.3% walk rate. So I think there's friskiness in those bats, and there are other teams that are kind of like that where there's a good amount of production, despite maybe a lack of power, 
that we can get to some of these bats. It takes their DFS prices down, but you can still squeeze some runs out of it, some production out of it for some points. So I think the Marlins are in play that way. I'm not necessarily saying, hey, go out and game stack this one for sure, but that's just an example of a team that you could use in that capacity. So long-winded answer of how to get to the Yankees stack there. The MLB note on Hap in this one. So if, over his last six starts, he's pitched 37 and a third innings with 36 strikeouts and only five walks. That's yeah. I mean, that is the good version of Jay Happ. He got really angry at the Yankees organization <laughs> earlier this year, which maybe they should have made him do uh, two, three years ago when they first brought him in to piss him off the organization. He had a contract kicker. I think it was at sixty innings, and they were you know yanking him back and forth in uh, in and out of the rotation at the beginning of the year to make sure that he didn't hit that because they didn't want to pay him for next year. They don't really want him on the team next year. Uh, but he's been pitching great. You know, I can't say that's why, of course, but uh, yeah, there, there's no arguing with the production. I think I'll have some of them too. Uh, Seventy seven hundred on Fanduel uh, is a nice price. Eighty six is a bit pricey on DK. I think we can make it work. And I did kind of dismiss Alcantara at that sixty eight hundred price. He's probably going to be in there like five percent or kind of a guy on uh, on DK just because of that price. Yeah, there, there's probably someone upstairs in that front office. Like, you know, we really need to start limiting his innings. <laughs> Yeah, I think word might have come down from one of uh, you know the Steinbrenner family through Cashman, maybe got down to Boone. I have a hunch. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that that exactly did happen there. Uh, next up, we got the Pirates and the Indians. Mitch Keller will be on the hill for the Pirates, and uh, Carlos Carrasco on the hill for the Indians. Carlos Carrasco, the second highest salary pitcher on uh, both uh, on. Um, all three slates. He is 10,400 on DK, 10,800 on FanDuel, $47 on Yahoo. He's actually on Yahoo. He's a third highest pitcher uh, behind Darvish and Kershaw. Uh, so you, you gotta imagine with him as, as sorry as he is, we're going to see some good ownership out of him, especially going up against this Pirates lineup. Yeah, it's a great, great spot for him against the Pirates, uh, no doubt about it. And he's been pitching really well. Um, you know, it's great to see coming back. Uh, we've mentioned a couple times from uh, what he went through last year and everything. And right back on track with who he is, 28.8% strikeout rate is up from his career, 25.5. He's only allowing uh, 105 home runs, 1.05 home runs per nine. That's seven home runs in his 62 innings this year. 3.70 xFIP to 2.90 ERA. So a little bit, you know, lock in defense built into it, but he's just pitching great. 14.5% swinging strike rate, right on pace from uh, recent years uh, and above his 12.8% uh, career rate. Dominant slider to righties, dominant change up to lefties. Excellent whiff on both pitches. He's got a limited curveball uh, that he uses, but it, it, well, he it's limited in the amount that he uses it, but it's very good when he busts it out, and it's good against both hands. Uh, so he's got very effective stuff. And the Pirates are last in the league versus right hand pitching with a 127 ISO, a 61 WRC plus, a 25.6 percent strikeout rate. This is an excellent, excellent spot for Carrasco. So yeah, he's probably going to be my highest owned pitcher on this slate just because of the spot. And when you look at Carrasco's last five outings, he has pitched 32 innings, 35 strikeouts. So if you want to be a Carlos Carrasco backer, that sat with what you mentioned about this this Pirates bat. Uh, you know, Carlos Carrasco is definitely something you got to pay attention to. You got to you got to look at the ownership, see where that ownership comes in at. You know, obviously, uh, you know some numbers would tell you. Uh, you know, as we sit here on a Thursday night, ownership's probably going to be pretty good for Carlos Carrasco. 
Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see where that where everybody comes down with the pricing the way it is. Uh, you know, you mentioned some of the guys that he compares to, and there's some some name brand recognition there. So maybe people think about Carrasco, and he's got a bit of a reputation as a guy who gives up home runs. And to me, that's a little unfair uh, for what he's done over his career. So maybe people don't go to him as strongly as uh, as I feel about him, and maybe we get a little ownership discount because of the heavy price, which would be nice. So in like terms the guy of, on the other side here, too. <laughs> in terms of these Indians bats, uh, you know, I mean, we always talk about, obviously, you're you're looking at those infielders. You know, obviously, you're always going to pay up for them. I mean, that, that's the one thing about the Indians. But um, is, is there, you know, is there a part of that Indians lineup that you like as a stack as opposed to another part of it? So, I mean, we've talked so much this year about the top half of that lineup and, uh, you know, what they do going around the horn in the infields, uh, the fact that they've got four switch hitters coming off the top there, uh, followed by a terrific power hitter in Fran Mil Reyes. Their price is still up, uh, and that part of the lineup in particular is mostly productive. Jose Ramirez having a great season. Uh, Francisco Lindor having a pretty good season. Not a Lindor season, but a pretty good season. Uh, Fran Mil, eh, back and forth. Carlos Santana kind of struggling, 197, 350, 332 slash. So he's getting on base, but he's not necessarily producing much power. He's not necessarily creating runs. 92 WRC plus is below average. So they're struggling a little bit. They're striking out more than we expected them to. So I haven't been getting to the Indians as much lately. Uh, I think I will have some against Keller here. Uh, Mitch Keller, this is a two-Keller slate, so we got to be specific. Uh, but I do like Mitch Keller. Uh, I, I was talking about him as a, as a guy who uh, had disappointed me so far, but we expect good things from. And he went out, and uh, last time out, he was had a no-hitter going through six when he got pulled. Uh, it was for pitch count. He had just racked up like 100 and changed pitches. But we're expecting him to get around the 100 again here, expecting him to get a decent outing. In his 64 and two-thirds innings this year, he's got a 419 XFIP to a 612 ERA. So under the covers, he's pitching a lot better than what it looks like on the back of the baseball card. 10 home runs allowed, 26.6% strikeout rate, excellent strikeout rate. 165 whip is a little bit bumpy. Too many guys on base when he allows some of the home runs or you know whatever the big base hits. Only 7.3% swinging strikes this year. That was 11.8% last year. So he's still generating 26% strikeouts with a limited amount of swinging strikes. So that's a good sign, actually. Uh, when he corrects that, he's going to go get even better. Generating 38.1% soft contact this year, only 21.4% hard contact. Again, very good. So he, he's got good stuff, and it works well for him. Uh, I think I'm going to have some pretty good shares of both sides of this uh, with the Indians' bats, as I'm hoping to be a little sneaky with that, and then loading up on some Keller at what I think is a pretty good price. Next up, we got the Padres and the Giants. As we mentioned right at the beginning of the show, this game one is on the DK main slate, something we're not used to seeing when we've got a doubleheader, but it is on the main slate. Uh, Lamette's going to be on the hill for the Padres. Anderson going to be on the hill for the Giants. Uh, you know, as uh, the MLB uh, article notes, uh, the fact of uh, this is Lamette's last opportunity to to make his case for an NL Cy Young Award. He is uh, ninety seven hundred on DK. Anderson on the other side, sixty six hundred. I would expect this is a seven any game. I believe it is. Yeah, I mean, all indications are uh, if if there's two of them tomorrow, it's, I think so. <laughs> That's we're operating with every every piece of info we got, guys. 
so I think the real story there is, is Lamet. Of course, you know it's uh, it's probably going to take the bats out of contention for me. The fact that it's going to be a seven inning game, but we do get that additional uh, possibility of Lamet throwing the complete game here now, uh, since he's only got to go through seven. I just pulled up his game log. His last three, he's gone. Uh, or sorry, let's look at his last four. Actually, he's gone six and a third, seven and two thirds, seven and six innings. So he's got that length. If he's pitching well, they're probably going to let him go. Over the last three, he's struck out 11, 11, and 10. He is a dominant strikeout pitcher. Uh, So we could see good length from him here. We could see him get to that complete game. We could even see him get to that complete game shutout in this matchup. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I think it's all there on the table for him as far as a pitcher, but that's really the only part of this that I would want. I don't want any side of the bats, and I don't want any part of Tyler Anderson. Uh, you, you might, the, the Emacs signal might be going off right now. You talking about you know Oracle Park and we're not getting some runs scored. <laughs> That's, a point. That's a good point. Yeah, it's Park, Coors Field West, man. Yeah, um, no, I think uh, look, I think we're gonna get at the uh, the limited uh, start there. But yeah, it's a, it's a decent point, and the Pods do have a great offense too. So maybe we don't take them completely out of contention as far as a stack. Maybe you leave them. Cap the ownership, cap your exposures, and be careful with it. But yeah, maybe you can get away with some very limited bats. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess that comes the question of: Do you want to spend up for a Tatis, a Machado, when you know you're losing at least one at bat? Yeah, it, it makes it really tricky. And what I don't have is the pricing in front of me because I didn't think that game was on the slate, and it's not on the FanDuel slate. But uh, I'd be curious. They didn't price those guys down. I would imagine they haven't really been doing that. Do you have them handy? Uh, I am pulling it up right now for you. I'll tell you here in a second here. Uh, Pull up the old depth charts here on the app. Uh, Tatis, 5,300. Manny Machado, he is... Where's third base for that? Okay, Uh, 5,500 for Machado. Um, so yeah, yeah there's, so there's no discount at all. Working with those two, we know that yeah, we know there's no discount there. So yeah, it's really tough to justify that against the other players at the position, just based on the fact that we know there's at least one plate appearance coming off the top. Yeah. If they'd been discounted, if it was even you know 4,800 for Tatis instead of 53, something like that, then I could get to it because they're they're scraping that you know that uh, the cost of that plate appearance off, but they're not. So yeah, it's tough to justify. Probably not going to be a lot of people on it. That would be the uh, the primary motivation there. We'll move on to Atlanta as the Braves are going to be hosting the Red Sox. Kyle Wright going to be on the hill for the Braves. He's 2-4 and four in the year, 26 strikeouts. Take on Chris Mazza, who's 1-2 in the year with 23 strikeouts. Uh, you know, the Braves bats. I mean, what, what more can you say about this lineup? Uh, you, know, you know, they're just – they're. Uh, a, a team you're always going to look at of, you know, obviously a it comes down to roster construction, but B, I mean, it's just, I mean, they've been, they've been torching the Marlins this week. Yeah. And they've just been torching right-handed pitching all year long. They've just been absolutely dominating. This team is good and they're loaded. It's another squad that maybe not one through nine, but like one through seven every single night. And then a lot of nights, one through nine, you can just get to all of these guys. They've got, Expensive hitting up top with Acuna Freeman. Uh, Albies has been carrying a pretty big price tag. Um, but the last couple of days, Ozuna's been under 5K on uh, DraftKings. Ordarno's been under 5K. And then you can get down to Duvall, who's having a killer, killer year, is living under 5K on DraftKings all season long. Only 3200 over on FanDuel. So there are workable prices in this lineup. I mean, for Duvall to cost that, He's carrying a 247, 309. Fine, those two numbers are bad, but 569 on the back end of the slash 
with a 322 ISO for the season. That's not even in a split. <laughs> That's a killer, killer ISO. Ton of power in this bat. 16 home. Uh, he's 4,800 on DK. All right, I can endorse that. And it's Dansby Swanson behind him. There's just a ton to like about this Braves lineup. And uh, going up against a pitcher like Chris Maza, I think it's going to be another spot where they're going to be absolutely in play, hoping that, once again, the pricing keeps them on their own like we've seen the last few days. Uh, Maza, 41 and a third uh, career innings in the show. He's allowed just two home runs in that sample. Uh, 5'11 XFIP to a 5'4 ERA. Just 18.1% strikeout, so he doesn't really sit guys down. 12.3% swinging strike, which is up from 77 last year, so he's improved in that. But ultimately, this is a 30-year-old minor league journeyman that we're talking about. The Braves are going to smash this guy. Well, when you look at the salaries for both of these pitchers, we're talking about two of the four lowest salary pitchers of the night, right? 6200 on DK, 6400 on FanDuel, $25 on Yahoo, Mazza, 5600 on FanDuel and DraftKings, and he's also $25 on Yahoo, which leads to the question, are the Red Sox a team we should be looking at as well? The Red Sox bats? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's a uh, – Wright has better stuff. He's the better of these two pitchers. Um, you know, he's a, he's a pretty premium rookie. Uh, well, he's, I think he's stretched beyond it. He's 57 innings, so he still counts as a rookie. Uh, I think he's got to 70 before that changes. So uh, he's, he's a good pedigree, but he hasn't put it together really. And where he makes his mistakes, it seems like it's rookie mistakes making uh, commanding his pitches. Uh, he's got a very high spin four-seamer, and he's left it sitting in the middle of the zone up to a few premium fastball hitters, and it's cost him. He's allowed 12 home runs this year. It's a 1.89 home run per nine. Uh, 5.51 xFIP2 is 6.63 ERA, only 18.6% strikeout rate, 15.2% walk rate. So too much opportunity, not enough strikeouts. He's not there yet, so I think we can go to these Red Sox. They're around the middle of the league. 180 ISO was 14th in baseball, 104 WRC plus, a little bit above average, creating runs in the split. 24.4% strikeouts, nothing for them to be very happy about there, but. It's at least a reasonable offense, and we know the top half of the offense is good. Uh, so I think we can throw them at this pitcher for sure. Next up, we got the Tigers and the Royals. The other uh, Kelleher going to be on the hill in this one. That's Brad Kelleher going for the Royals. And uh, Spencer Turnbull going for the Tigers. What's, uh, what's your thoughts here on the pitching in this matchup? In the, whoop, I went to the wrong Keller. The question isn't going to be, am I going to make two, a two-keller lineup? The question is, how many two-keller lineups am I going to make? <laughs> so I like both Kellers. Uh, I, I like Brad. He doesn't really strike anybody out, so I'm being a little bit facetious there. Uh, but I do like his ability to limit runs. And his cost isn't that bad uh, on DK at 7400 He's a workable SP2 over there just for his ability to get through a game, not give up any runs, and not really hurt you, and maybe strike out a few guys. Through the season, he has had – Four strikeouts three times, five strikeouts one time, and seven strikeouts one time. This Tigers team strikes out 28.1% of the time in the split against righties. So maybe he picks up one of those like five-ish strikeout games for us, doesn't give them any runs, and gets through a clean one and gives us a nice score as an SP2. That's what we're rostering Brad Keller for here. He's not going to blow anybody away, but he's uh, 4.55 XFIP on the year, 2.77 ERA. He's benefiting from some luck with a 2.31 BABIP, but he generates 51.7% ground balls. Good amount of uh, – well, actually he's given up a little bit of hard contact, and uh, but he generates mostly medium contact. And he's got a 15.5% uh, strikeout rate, which I mentioned, which is not good. 
Um, so uh, that's where I was looking for. <laughs> Here it is. He's given up just two home runs in his 48 and two thirds inning. And like we talked about earlier, even Max Fried's given up two now. So we wish there were more strikeouts, but uh, overall, I think we can get to him. In terms of uh, the bats in this one, what do you like? I could probably get to some Royals against Spencer Turnbull. They're a team that's been popping up the last couple of days for me. And uh, we saw them go off with uh, a pair of uh, two home run games last night. And I think they started out well today again. Uh, Sal Perez was going off a little bit earlier today. So I like the matchup against Turnbull here for them. So I think we can definitely get to some, some of their bats. But they're not the greatest offense. 21st in baseball with a 156 ISO, uh, 91 WRC+. plus, Strikeout 24.7% of the time. So with caution we can get to them. Um, Turnbull overall, uh, 22% strikeout rate for his career, 21-1 this year, uh, 51 and two-thirds innings. He's only allowed two home runs also, so he's also limiting power. Uh, Getting a bit lucky uh, so far this year, 50.4% ground ball rate. His profile is actually fairly similarly, but I just like Keller better for (laughs) whatever reason. Call me biased. But yeah, I think we can get to some of those Royals. Of course, you hear us always talk about ownership projections, player projections, the top pitcher, top stack tool, and to get access to all those great Osmo Plus tools, you got to sign up for an Osmo Plus MLB Weekly Pass for fifteen ninety five. As I mentioned, this gives you full access to our leading player projections, ownership projections, the all new pitcher, top pitchers tool, and that top stack tool, which you got to be checking out daily, and so much more. Get your pass today. Go to Osmo.com. Right there at the top left-hand side of the screen, you'll see Osmo Plus. Click that, and you can sign up for Osmo Plus MLB Weekly Pass for $15.95. Next up, we'll go down to Texas. It'll be the Astros and the Rangers. Kyle Cody going to be on the hill for the Rangers in this one. He is the second-lowest-priced pitcher here on this slate, $5,800 on DK, $5,700 on FanDuel, and $27 on Yahoo!, and your Quita going to be on the mound for the Astros. He's 7,100 on DK, 6,800 on FanDuel, and $38 on Yahoo. Yeah, and I think the story is probably, if you had to pick a pitcher, it's probably the uh, Astros side. You're probably going to your Quita here against the uh, terrible, terrible Rangers offense. We've talked about that a lot. We've picked on them a lot. 25th in baseball with a 148 ISO in the split, just a 66 WRC+. plus. 24.8% strikeouts against righties, so I could throw a quitty at this uh, team all day long. Looking at him, I don't really know what makes him a good pitcher, what's special about him, and I, I usually like to find something special about a pitcher when I'm going to rely on him. Mm. A good pitch, a good, you know, th- they throw good combinations, but I'm not really sure what it is with this guy. 13.8% strikeout rate is not good. Uh, 574x fit to a 278 ERA. It's a very small sample, 22 and two thirds innings, of course, but his career is 63 and two thirds innings. 481x fit to a 353 ERA. 10% swinging strikes, which is like right about league average. He's a fly ball pitcher. Allows 56.7% medium contact. Uh, limits hard to just a tick under 30%. It's an average arsenal. It's a very basic mix of pitches, but he makes it work for him. So against the team this bad, at that price, I definitely think we can get to him. Uh, I do not feel the same way about Cody uh, at the on the other side of this thing going against the Astros. Even though they're only 19th in baseball this year with a 161 ISO, they've got a 99 WRC plus right around league average uh, and a 20% strikeout rate. And then if you set that back just to the beginning of last year and run the sample through this year, they're fourth in baseball with a 209 ISO, a 121 WRC plus, and just a 17.3% strikeout rate. This kid only has 17 and two-thirds uh, career innings above high A. 
he's going to be in trouble against this lineup. So uh, I think it's all about the Astros side, uh, both for pitching and bats. Uh, so when we talk about the bats and the Astros, uh, what what bats in this lineup stick out to you more than others? So uh, I like the looks. Just taking a look down some of the DK pricing, uh, Michael Brantley pops out hitting third in his traditional spot in a good uh, on the good side of splits at only four thousand. 3,200 on uh, FanDuel, pretty good there. He's carrying a 302, 366, 491 slash 189 ISO, 138 WRC plus in general this year, better in the split. Uh, Kyle Tucker kind of pops at 4,400 there. And then you've got the Altuve-Springer-Bregman-Lethal uh, combo there. Even though Altuve's scuffling, I wrote about him last night. He is a hitter that I absolutely have faith in. I don't think it's related to not ha- hearing a trash can get hit. I think he's just having a weird year. So I can definitely get to some Jose Altuve there. Uh, Carlos Correa, similar kind of thing. He's been sapped of power this year for whatever reason, but still fairly effective. Uh, so I can get to a lot of this lineup uh, up and down. I like Yuli Gurriel in there. So definitely a lot for me in that Astros lineup. Moving on, we'll go to the uh, the battle of the Chicago teams, the Cubs and the White Sox. You Darvish going to be on the hill for the Cubs. Uh, not not surprising. Highest salary pitcher on the slate, uh, ten thousand eight hundred on DK, eleven two on Fanduel, fifty six dollars on Yahoo. Dylan Cease will be on the hill for the White Sox. He's eighty two hundred on DK, seventy three hundred on Fanduel, and thirty six dollars on Yahoo. I guess the question becomes is you mentioned it earlier about how much you like Carlos Carrasco in the spot he's in. What's your take on Darvish? Because obviously they're they're two of the highest uh, priced pitchers. Yeah, it's a much, much tougher spot. It's kind of like what I was saying yesterday in that uh, Giolito Bieber decision where Giolito was on the White Sox facing the Indians and Bieber was on the Indians facing the White Sox. I preferred the matchup for Giolito just because the Indians are not as lethal a lineup as the White Sox. We've seen the White Sox abuse pitching just all year long. I mean, they're good. Uh, it, looking at the split, though, this is their worst side of their split. They're 13th in baseball against righties with a 178 ISO, but their WRC plus 7% above average. They do strike out 26.1% of the time, though, and they only walk 7.1%. So I think there's a lot there for Darvish to work with in terms of strikeouts, in terms of limiting the opportunities like he's very, very good at doing. Uh, this year, he's gone uh, to 32.4% strikeout rate up from his last few seasons. He's cut his walks from 7.7% last year down to 4.8% this year, uh, and that was 11.7% in 2018. So it's really, really come down for him the last two years. It's all about that cutter. We've talked about it a few different times throughout the year. He is just dominating by throwing the cutter more than uh, about half the time, I should say, not more than half. And it just completely changed the way everything else was working for him. So he's pitching great. I think there's enough here that we can go to Darvish with some confidence. I like the spot better for Carrasco, though, so he'll probably be my preferred guy, Mm -hmm. but I don't really sweat the matchup too much for Darvish. He's just too good. In terms of uh, the Cubs bats, what do you like there? So Cease is another one of those guys who is a pitcher I expect good things from, and I think a lot of our uh, our other analysts do as well. We we see good things under the radar for this kid. He's just not put it all together this year. Uh, he's not striking guys out this year. Uh, 53 and two-thirds innings, only a 5.94 xFIP to his 3.52 ERA, so he's gotten lucky. And to hit your question, I think we can definitely, definitely get to some of these Cubs against a kid who is a bit wild, has allowed some long balls, 
I like Ian Happ off the top. I like Rizzo in that lineup. I like Schwarber, the lefties and the switch hitters going up against uh, a righty who is a little shaky in that regard. Uh, you've also got Hayward and Kipnis late in the lineup uh, who've been sneaky good wraparound options, sneaky good uh, late lineup uh, stack options. So really like what we can do there. And then we can get to like a Wilson Contreras is kind of a always a disrespected catcher option on DK for only 4,300. Uh, I like the pricing that they've got on the Cubs really too. Nobody over 5K on the uh, on DK at all. So that's yeah, that's a lineup I could definitely use in this spot tomorrow. Next up, we got the uh, Reds and the Twins. Uh, Jose Barrios going to be going for the Twins in this one. Uh, his salary tomorrow, he is 9200 on DK. Same price point on FanDuel as well. He is $42 as well. Uh, what's your take of, of Barrios in this spot uh, for the Twins? Uh, is he an SP2 option for you on DK? Ooh, tough one. That's pricey for me for an SP2. I usually would probably be more inclined to go down in uh, in price mm-hmm. at the SP2 spot than that. But it would be definitely a strong payup to be contrarian if you're pairing a $9,200 pitcher with one of those 10K guys. If you can make that work, uh, that's that's going to take some exploring in lineups to really figure out how to make that happen or you know use Cruncher and just lock those two guys and see what happens. But uh, I like the idea. It's not something a lot of people are going to be doing. Uh, so you can definitely look at that. Maybe you look at him and uh, another guy in that tier not go all the way up to the uh, Carrasco-Darvish combo with him uh, if you're going to do that. But it's an interesting look uh, for sure. It's a tough spot, though. Reds are sixth in baseball with a 206 ISO against righties, 102 WRC+, plus, 25.4% strikeout rate. So there's Ks there, but a 12.4% walk rate uh, in the split this year. So interesting spot for him. Um, I, I think he can put up a good start here. He projects – let me see – your video window is over my projection. There it is. He projects pretty well for me. He's uh, one of my top handful of starters uh, in the spot. So it looks for me like he's going to overcome that matchup, but uh, it is a little bit tricky. Uh, He's pitching well, 24.5% strikeouts up from his 23.2% career, 58 innings this year, uh, 4-3-1 XFIP to a 3-7-2 ERA, 11.8% swinging strikes is up. Uh, His four-seamer, he brought the usage slightly down, increased his curveball and sinker usage. Uh, It sets it up, uh, up the pitch mix a little bit better. So a discernible change that he's made, something we like to see. So, yeah, I can get to some Barrios here, uh, but I'll probably temper it uh, just based on the matchup. In terms of uh, the Twins bats here, you know, obviously we, we know what the Twins bats can be here going up against Tyler. What's what's your take in that one? Another one that's kind of interesting. Molly's a pitcher I've been getting to a little bit lately. He's pitching mm-hmm. really well. He's another guy who changed things completely uh, with how his arsenal works. Uh, we talked about it once, I think, earlier in the season, uh, but he added 250 RPMs of spin to his fastball, which completely changed the way every other pitch that he throws works off of that fastball because it changes how that looks to hitters uh, and it changes the effect of it. So his whiff rate on all his other stuff went up. Uh, he started throwing his slider again, which he didn't use at all last year, uh, but he had been using it ineffectively in 2018, uh, getting 13.8% swinging strikes this year overall inducing 20.9% soft contact, just allowing 29.1% hard contact. But you really, really well. The Twins are fourth in baseball with a 217 ISO in the split, a 109 WRC plus against righties. Uh, So it's a tough, tough spot for them. Um, It will probably limit the amount of Molly that I end up getting to, but I'm hoping that he remains sneaky at 8,300 and not a lot of people go there. Mm -hmm. And then I will roster some, uh, but I will probably have more Twins. I'm getting good home run marks on them uh, on one, two, three, four of the hitters at least. Uh, 
pretty good. Eddie Rosario is actually a little suppressed, which I'm surprised to see in my uh, power model, but I get a good projection on him, and he doesn't cost that much. I like the pricing on these guys, so I think we can build with the Twins. Of course, we can uh, read your home run piece uh, every morning over at awesomeo.com. You definitely got to check that out when you're because we are definitely searching for those homers. Uh, two more games here left to break down before we get out of here for this edition of the Early Bird Podcast. We've got a battle of the L.A. teams, the Angels and the Dodgers. Andrew Haney will be on the hills for the Angels. Uh, Haney's uh, salary for this one, 8400 on DK, 8700 on FanDuel, $36 on Yahoo, and Clayton Kershaw will be on the hill for the Dodgers. 10,000 on DraftKings, 9,700 on FanDuel, and $51 on Yahoo. I, you got to imagine that, uh, you know, when we look, uh, you know, particularly on the, the, the DK side of things, if we're going to label out the top four pitchers, we'll look at Darvish, Crasco, Kershaw, and Lament. We talked about, you know, there, obviously, uh, why Lament could be someone you want to go to if you think he can go all seven innings. Uh, but where does Kershaw kind of fit in, in these top four for you? So that's kind of the guy where my concern would pop up about how much we're going to see of Clay Kershaw. Uh, he wasn't announced initially. There was a little bit of delay even just announcing that it was going to be Clay Kershaw just, uh, you know, as we collected our data for the show and, you know, seeing who was going to be pitching. They're locked. They're, they're mostly concerned with winning a World Series. Uh, so I would be – and he's a guy who we've seen have issues with things from blisters to, you know, back issues to all kinds of stuff. So – I think they might give him the kid gloves treatment here, let him throw a couple innings, and then yank him early. So I'd be concerned, but that's all super narrative based, and that's you know kind of me top of the heading. It uh, it's not that we've seen them come out and say, hey, he's only getting three innings. So keep an eye on him through the day tomorrow is really going to be my advice at this point. Uh, you, you and I are going to be on the show uh, tomorrow before lock, so check in with <laughs> the two of us and Jeff tomorrow, and uh, we'll let you know. But uh, for right now. I get a good projection on them with a full innings compliment uh, against this Angels lineup. They're a pretty good team overall, um, but he's Clayton Kershaw. So they're 10th in baseball with a 192 ISO uh, this year and a 103 WRC plus against lefties, and they only strike out 21.2% of the time. But again, he's Clay Kershaw. 29.2% uh, strikeout rate this year, 289 XFIP2 is 215 ERA, only a 4% walk rate. I do not worry about the pitcher other than the fact that they might give him a short leash. In terms of uh, you know Haney in this one, um, you know what, what's kind of your take on him? And I, I know it, it's always tough to to say roster guy going against this Dodgers lineup, though. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the tricky part. So one more opportunity for me to get Haney wrong this season. <laughs> He's been <laughs> another one of those guys who just frustrates me for whatever reason. He hasn't really gotten lit up this year, but I just have not bullseyed him yet this year either. So it's, he's, he's been bugging me. He's a pitcher I usually like too. Uh, 62 and two-thirds innings, he's allowed just six home runs. He's got a 390 XFIP to a 402 ERA, so basically exactly who we who he seems like, who he looks like. 12.8% swinging strikes is very good, but it's actually down from his 14.1% uh, last year. Uh, three quality pitches. It's a very basic mix, mix fastball, curveball, changeup, but keeps batters off the off balance and uh, you know throws the the combinations well. Uh, 26.1% strikeout rate this year to his 23.6 career, so that's the K's are up. But you hit it on the head. It's the Dodgers. They're probably the best offense in baseball, or, or top three anyway, if not. This year, if you look at the split against lefties, 169 ISO, uh, 18th and 18th best in baseball, 105 WRC plus, still above average. 
extend it back to the beginning of last year like we did with uh, whoever that was, the Astros, I think. Uh, they become sixth in baseball with a 198 ISO, a 106 WRC+. plus. They only strike out 21.8% of the time. It's a tough, tough spot for Haney, tough ask. So I don't know how much of the pitcher I'm going to have. Probably get to a little bit of the bats. In terms of a uh, Dodgers bats, I mean, I, I guess always the thing is, is you know, which which, which Dodger bat you paying up for? <laughs> That's really it. That's how they work, right? Uh, I mean, I love Mookie coming off the top, but he's six K. Seager is going to be in a lefty lefty. Fifty six hundred is a little tough to ask, but I kind of like maybe like you grab like a Justin Turner at forty nine. You find an AJ Pollock, whatever his price is. I forgot to take the. Uh, the uh, dots out of his name, so it's not popping up for me. Uh, you get a, another righty like a Chris Keller. Those righties don't get rostered as much as the lefties in this lineup, uh, and you can find some interesting low-owned combinations of those guys. And then you work in like a Cody Bellinger, a Corey Seager, uh, you know, some of the big name lefties. Um, so I think we start out by working with some of the righties. And this is a lineup that does have some position flex, like we were talking about the Yankees don't have. The Dodgers kind of do have that. Mm -hmm. So they've got a few guys that you can snap together in different uh, combinations in different ways. So I like working with this lineup too. And then the final game of the night will be the Mariners and the Athletics. Chris Bassett will be on the hill for the A's. 7,900 on DK, 8,600 on FanDuel, $40 on Yahoo, and Yusei Kikuchi will be on the hill for the Mariners. 6,400 on DK, 7,200 on FanDuel, and twenty eight dollars on Yahoo. I feel like with Kikuchi, we always talk about him. We always talk about SP two option. He is coming off a rough outing now. Yeah, yeah, he is. But uh, I, I think we can go to him. I mean, it's only sixty four hundred. It's a tough spot. The A's are good against lefties. Uh, Two hundred three ISO this year. One eleven WRC plus is excellent. Eleven percent above average creating runs. Twenty percent strikeouts. So there's not a ton of strikeouts there. But I don't know. Something is just calling me back to Kikuchi again. <laughs> It's his ability to uh, induce soft contact. He, he only allows 29.5% hard contact. 52.7% uh, ground ball rate this year is excellent. He took his swinging strikes from 8.8% uh, last year to 12.4%. We talked about it time and again. It's the cutter. He added that cutter that all the Mariners have been throwing, and it made all the difference. Went from 16.1% strikeouts to 246 That's a massive jump in one year for this guy. So he's a veteran guy. Uh, he's not – a super young rookie who's just in his second year of professional ball. He pitched overseas. Uh, so he does have some experience. He does know what he's doing. So things are just kind of working better for him. I think we can throw a guy like him in a spot like this. I'm hoping we get maybe a, a lesser of a A's lineup. We know Chapman's not going to be in there. So we'll see what they throw at him. But for just 6400 I think he's definitely in play on DraftKings. Uh, he's probably the best pitcher at that price range. Uh, that we're gonna that we're gonna have an option to to uh, weaponize here. So I think we can go to him. I'll roll some A stacks against him on the other side because they mm -hmm. do have quality against the lefty for sure. Uh, but uh, I I think I prefer the pitcher in this uh, in this spot mostly because of the price. Yeah, it's gonna help you out in roster construction if you you know say you want to go with a, a Carrasco at ten four, then you put Kikuchi at sixty four hundred. It it makes life a little easier for you in terms of that one. But of course, you mentioned we will be a part of MLB. Live before lock tomorrow. Also, I'll be a part of the strategy show uh, tomorrow morning over at awesomemo.com. But do want to let you know about the, a deal we got going on over right now at awesomemo.com as we have added some great tools for our NFL Express Pass users. For only $3.95, you can purchase an NFL Weekly Express Pass 
which now includes everything you need for NFL Showdown and single game contest formats. You now get access also to Showdown slash single player projections, ownership projections, and the top plays tool when you purchase this pass in addition to the player rankings, lineup builder light, ownership rankings, and the top stacks express tool. It's our best offering ever for an express pass. So head over to awesome.com slash join today to purchase your $3.95 NFL Express Pass. Yeah, you got to take advantage of that. No, Terry, you'll have coverage all weekend long in terms of NFL. Get everyone ready for the NFL uh, slate as uh, we're doing this show. It's a uh, second half is just about to kick off with uh, the uh, the Dolphins and the Jags. Fitz Magic is alive and well in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, awesome. so of course, let everyone know uh, everything they can expect to uh, see from you in terms of uh, the written content you'll have up on Osmo.com this weekend. Sure. So we got some uh, football content coming out. We've got a last, last couple days of baseball still. So I got two pieces that I'll be working on tonight overnight. Uh, it'll be my usual baseball one. And then we'll get the first look at the uh, optimizer uh, groups that I put together for football. So I go every single game, every single team, I give you the groups for your optimizers. Uh, so if you're using Fantasy Cruncher, some other optimizer tool out there, it tells you which quarterbacks, uh, which players to put as, as your skill players with your quarterbacks and how to group them together, give you the settings to use with it. I put it out on Thursdays, and then I update it for Sunday morning with all the ins and outs and everything that you need. So it's all right there for you. I'll have that up uh, hopefully sometime tomorrow morning. <laughs> And of course, you got to check that out over at awesomeo.com. But that is going to do it for this edition of the MLB Early Bird Podcast. Of course, be sure to check out myself, Terry, and Jeff tomorrow night for MLB Live Before Locker. We'll get kicked off at 6 p.m. Eastern time. So that's going to do it for this edition of the MLB Early Bird Podcast.